live from the Virtual Summit, the Core presents Sales Training Boot Camp with Greg Gale and Kevin Polakovich. Today's topic, Dr. Nurse for Lender. All right, super excited. You're in the Dr. Nurse for Big Teams Lenders. I'm super excited today. Now, look, make sure you put in speaker mode there for your best experience for the class here. I'm super excited to be with KP. I mean, personal friend of mine now, started three years ago, met him at a core event. I'll tell you something that you have not heard yet, but core level three, when you join and come with us, you get to go to see your coach's site visit. You get to get to see their business from behind the curtain. So I was very blessed to go to Kevin's office two years ago and get to know him, his beautiful wife, two boys, and then get in. I mean, I was in in the meeting where he had a live interview with an LP. There's 11 students in the room with him interviewing the person. Just runs a major operation, super solid dude, and you're in for a treat. So I'm excited to teach you today, KP. Thanks, brother. Appreciate it. I was just telling a story to my little brother. My little brother, John, uh, works in my team and successful outside sales guy. And he was sitting in the fireside chat in my office last night. And I shared a story about my buddy Greg, who's become one of my best friends in the world. I, uh, my story, a lot of you heard it before. I came to Omega and, uh, I blew my business up. I mean, I literally doubled my business after Omega. So I come to my first summit five and a half years ago. And I, I tell you, if I was in, um, Carl's bad right now. I could go to the spot and I walked up and I walked up and it's John Conklin, Greg Gale, Jimmy Reed, Rick Ruby. You're like, hey, you can get in the coaching. I'm like, get in the coaching. I, I doubled my business going to, going to a one day mega. I'm, I'm planning on coming to the summit and tripling my business coming to the summit. And, you know, it's funny to look back and look at as close as you and I become best of friends. Super close to John Conklin, super close to Rick Ruby, my first mentor. I've been in the business 17 years, 18 years, something like that, but not to find my mentor until 10 years in. The relationship and the friends I have, I don't know if you guys, it, it hurts my heart not to see all of you in person and high five. I made a joke about, I'm always a guy that stays out too late. Uh, if my boys don't say at my funeral, my old man always said, out with the boys, up with the men, I'm going to be disappointed because I'm usually the guy who's out late. One more cigar, one more drink. So really great to see you, Greg. Such an honor to be, to be doing this class with you. And uh, I, I just I, I really want you guys to stay focused and get a lot out of it. Thanks, Greg. Yeah, let's roll. So uh, thumbs up if you can see the screen. Want to make sure we can see all the PowerPoint. Cool. So there's three things that KP and I are going to go over today. It is going to be that the core has a playbook a recipe, so to speak, that you if you follow to a T, it's a proven process. You've heard the word surrender. It's just here's the plan, here's the playbook, follow it, and you'll succeed because so many have. Leadership, which KP is going to cover really well because he does hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of loans, like up to 600 loans in a year. This guy's got a dialed-in system and office. And that it is about the people. This is not a solopreneur business. You have to run a team to have a world-class experience. Uh, to give that great experience to our clients and our realtors, you got to have the people. All right, KP, let's talk about the playbook, how you, how you define You actually have a physical playbook yourself. Yeah, we do. And, hey, guys, we're going to make this interactive, and it's a little different. So as questions pop up, if you have something you want to ask, just tee them up right now. When you see something, hey, I want a follow-up question on that, tee them up, and we'll get to those at the end. We'll go through and cover as many as we can there at the end. So make it interactive and, and keep rolling with that. Yeah, so I'll tell you, the first part about this whole playbook is defining the team roles. You have to have a solid flow. Rick mentioned it on the opening night about the book, The E-Myth, and about McDonaldizing your process, that the pickle guy in Scottsdale – puts the pickles in the same place as the pickle guy in Michigan. And so everyone has a clearly defined job duty and checklist. Those are in your book. We've got, it's in the chat, page 93 is where all those are. And I have my flow and in there, and let me give you a little perspective. So when I started with the core, it was about 12 years ago, and I was burning about 84 hours a week. My wife came to me and said, I feel like a single mother. Those words still pain me to this day. And the solution 
was to hire more people. I quickly got on a call with Jimmy Reed, who said, hire two people. And I said, dude, that's a lot of money. And he said, yeah, but what's the cost? Your marriage or a couple people? So hired a couple people and decreased my hours. So to this day, the team has been the main thing that's been able to allow me to expand the business, but still keep the constructs around my family time. Yeah, I know for me, Greg, you know, talking about people and how important people are, um, I worry right now that I'm running my people on the ground. I mean, I, I've gotten to the spot in my business. I want to run, I want to close 50 loans every single month. That's my business. That, that's what I'm built for. That's what I want to do month in and month out. Um, I go back to probably one of the best employees I've ever had, if not the best employee i ever had, worked for me for five or six years. And I'm sure she would have still been here if I didn't run her into the ground seven, eight years ago. And it was from me putting too much on her. And then some other people need some help. So I had other people in the help in the office help her. And then other people in the office she was helping. What happened, she just got running to the ground. So a big rule that I made in my team a number of years back, my team works for me and only works for me. I think this is a big thing for a lot of us to think about. If you look around your office, if you're running a branch or you have other things, everyone in your company is going to leave except for you. So when I look at Dr. Nurse and I look at this class and look at my team, my team comes to work for me every day because I don't want to have another Katie McGinnis that I ran in the ground so I put too much on her. I want to make sure I keep my people, pour into them, and build them for good long term. Yeah, I'll tell you right now, I mean, how many raise your hand right now feel like they're overworking their teams right now? Like I'm, not, I'm Rick just said on the call that I'm a 25 loan a month guy and I've got more than 70 on the books for May. There's only two LPs on my team with a direct submit LP2. They're crushing it, but I know that that's like, it's the fun right now. And the second month is the, oh my gosh, when is this going to end? And so my fear is, is that novelty wears off of that. Like you and I talked, talked about a little bit the other day. What's your, what's your typical, what's your clearly defined flow for your team? Awesome. So I have a, a direct admin. Her name's Talia. And so she's fielding the phone calls coming in. And as those leads come in, like right now we're in this, my LP1s, I have two of them, will field those calls. And they are literally the front end LP1 that will take the app, pull credit, get the doc, structure the deal. If it's a refi, they'll lock them and get them pushed into the back end LP2. And also if it's a purchase, they'll issue that pre-qualification letter. Once a contract comes in, I, ha- I run a branch, so I do have a direct submit LP2 processor. Yep. I actually have three of them in my branch that are all shared between all the people in the branch. I also have a unique position here. It's called an assistant processor. It's like a junior to that direct submit LP2, and that's to offload some of the administrative stuff like open title, open appraisals. But bigger picture, and I know you're really good at this, KP, is the having the growth of the team. And I know we'll talk about it with people but that you have some place for them to go. They have growth. So they can start as an admin, co-pilot to the LP2, and then they can become an LP2 in the future if they desire. Yeah. My my, my flow of I, I have nine people that come work just for me every single day, only on my team outside of what branches we have, you know, 70 uh, at the branch, but, but nine just come work for me. I have four LP1s. Uh, I have two LP2 direct submits, which is dramatically understaffed. I should have a third. We're working on adding that. But um, on it, for me, at a 50 units, two is enough. It's not at 70, 75. So uh, I'm stretching them right now. Um, my LPs, um, I look at a training ground in a lot of them. So my LP1s, of the four, two have been with me for about five years. The other one has been there for two years. The other one's been here for six months. Those other two, the one for two years and for six months, they're passing through my team. Uh, the, the, the analogy that I make in a doctor, nurse, working my team, um, I'm going to give you an MBA in the mortgage business. You don't have to pay to go to college to do it. You can come here. You can see 600 transactions in a year. You can see good, bad, ugly. You can see Good leadership some days, bad leadership the other day, uh, see some gritty files, but that's really a big thing. So what this is, these LPs are my future loan officers in our company. I believe that the best way to train is right there in the mix. 
Um, I get them to drink the Kool-Aid, uh, get to learn the business, and we set them on a clear path to go forward. So that, that's four LP1s, two LP2 direct smiths, uh, an admin, uh, executive assistant admin, a team captain, and then I have a marketing person that would technically fall into an LP1 category, uh, runs our sales force, runs my gifting, um, helps me out with uh, Tuesday update calls, helps me out with my VIP list, and just sits there and works directly with me uh, with me right there. You got some clutch positions, man. That's awesome. But what I heard was both of us are understaffed and still bearing our people. Put a thumbs down if you are understaffed right now. Thumbs down. I'm understaffed. Yeah, it's horrible. And we got to talk about that in our next one, which is part two is leadership. Now, you and I had a great conversation about this, KP, of how you utilize traction and you kept hearing about the big rocks and finally uncovered like, wow, where's that all coming from? Can you share your exercise with that? Yeah, it's great. We're gonna we'll do we'll do a, a virtual table work in in a second here. And I heard Josh talk about it a little bit yesterday. I've heard this for years. So getting in the core five and a half years ago, I had heard a lot of these terms like big rocks and traction and this and that. It was just one of those books that had passed me by. So I really dove into this last year, and we created a ten year vision for for our company, where we're gonna go and what we're gonna do. And the most powerful exercise that you can do, whether you're a team of three or you're a, a branch of 100, is identifying core values. And here's the exercise I want everyone to do right now. Make sure you've got a clean piece of paper here. This is going to be dynamic. We are not going to be able to finish this right now, but this is something to get your mind going. So highlight this, circle it, whatever. I want you to write down at least three people that you wish you could clone. So think about your branch. Maybe it's a past employee. Maybe maybe it's someone that's on your team right now. Maybe it's someone that you ran in the ground like I did and being a poor leader in the past. So write down three names. If you might have four or five people that you wish you could clone. I think you can clone people now, but you know what I mean. People that are just that 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 A player. So write those names down. You can come back to this. So. You can't clone that person, but what you can do is you can identify their characteristics that made them exceptional, that made them someone that's a standout currently or standout in the past. So what we did as a management team, we had our five team managers together on an offsite. We went through and said, come up with three. So I got five people. I got six or seven in the branch. You're only allowed to come up with three. Somehow we had 20 different names, which was super flattering. Like, wow, we got that many just A awesome players. So what you do is you get this full name put together. Well, you can't clone them. So you start putting together characteristics. What is something about them that makes them someone you want to clone? They have a great attitude. They have a learning-based mindset. They do. So we got this whole list. And literally we had 100 different words. Well, you can't have a hundred different words to be core values. So you got to strip it down and start combining words, start combining things, start put everything together. We came up with these seven core values. And we look at our employees that excel in our company, that are with us for a long time, that will bury the body for us. They have these core values. When we get done an interview process and we don't hire someone, we look back and say, which one of these core values are they missing? When we have to unfortunately part ways with someone, we look through and say, what core value were they missing? Guys, this is unbelievable. For us, it's positive, emotional intelligence. Emotional intelligence, it's a big deal buying a house. you you, you, you got to understand that. Openness. You've got an open office. It's an open format office. We all know what's going on in each other's lives. I'm looking at personal budgets for all my employees. That's you got to be open. Proactive. you got to see the problem coming before it's there. Address it ahead of time. Be proactive. Passion. I hope you can see the passion in my voice, and I'm passionate about what I do. I'm passionate about my team. I, I'm, it, it's something that I want people that are passionate about what they do. you got to have fun. We're, we're a work-hard, play-hard group. We're, we're very much out with the boys, up with the men type concept. you got to have fun. And, and it goes without speaking, you have to have integrity. So it's one thing to come up with these words, but literally every single employee has this plaque on their desk. With our core values put right there. Oh, that's money. What a reminder to have every day. The whiteboard back here that we've got, we've had these things. So this is something that's just, just throughout our, our, our organization and it just, it just made a really big difference for us. Well, I'll tell you, KPB, being, 
that I visited your site, it's, it, it, it ex- actually exudes from your people. And so that exercise is solid. So how many raise your hand are committed to doing that exercise when you get home? <laughs> You're already home. <laughs> when the event is over. Um, and I'll tell you, the, um, I did this exercise, great exercise, and it's a good team-building exercise as well. So let's talk about the, what something Rick mentioned earlier was having a daily team meeting. Now, the daily team meeting is so essential for me. I've done it for years. It happened this morning, even though I wasn't there. It happened yesterday. I wasn't there. Uh, and what was interesting is, as an example, today, it's the first Friday of the month that I go over the previous month's activities, and we do a SWAT, strength, weaknesses, opportunities, threats. Now, I sent the email out to the team Wednesday and said, Hey, I know that, you know, this is kind of virtual. Usually I'm out of town. Uh, hey, why don't you get, we're supposed to have our SWAT breakfast. Why don't you guys just buy breakfast on me? I got you covered. I did not know they were going to do the SWAT. I get an email in between our coaches meeting this morning and that one, I open it up and it's the SWAT and they literally went through the exercise without me. So I was super impressed by that. I'll tell you, if you flip to that page in the book that we shared earlier, 93, if you go a few in, you're going to see a daily team meeting theme sheet. So I'll tell you, you have to have an agenda for your team meeting. It is page 101. I have an agenda for my meeting. It is those big rocks that KP just talked about. How many leads do we have? How many deals are we closing? I say, what problems files are we having? And then they give me the, how many meetings do I have on Zoom over the next week? And so today they'll work diligently to filling that calendar with any appointments they can. I saw Talia just booked an appointment as I was coming into this class with a guy named Sam. I have no idea who Sam is. So having that team meeting where every day is the same structure. So we have a little chitty chat. We talk. And and right now, just so we're clear, we went to Zoom the day after they shut down my office. So when everyone scattered, the meeting invite just changed to my Zoom code. And every morning, 9 a.m., we're on Zoom. Quick little hangout. How you doing? What you do? Hey, Larry, did you get your walk in today? How's the dogs? Cool. Then we go right into the stats. How many leads? How many are we closing? What are my problem files? And how many appointments do I have coming up? Then we go over what was supposed to be accomplished yesterday. Did you hit it? Did you not? What got in the way? That is something that I want you to write down. What got in the way? When we talk about leadership, we don't want to take that dictatorial role of, hey, why didn't you do it? It's, oh, hey, hey, Larry, I know you got, like, got a lot going on. What got in the way of that one task? And then they tell you, and you're like, hmm, okay. Hey, are you able to do that by, say, 12 o'clock? Can you shoot me a quick text that it's done so it's not sitting on the back of my brain that that activity wasn't taken care of, that task wasn't done? And so I utilize that. And then we're done with the meeting, pump them up, and go. But that's every day. And whether it's virtual or in person, that's how we roll. But when you look at this team theme day for the daily team meeting, my favorite on here is Monday, where they have to go over their wheel of life with me and pick one thing that they're working on. So whether it's a budget, whether it's their fitness, I'm always checking in. So I'm asking Larry, hey, did you get your workout in today? How's the diet going? Because that's one of his things he's working on. Talia, how's your savings at? Did you do your monthly budget? Now she's actually buying her house that she didn't think she was going to buy for another year. She saved up enough to do the house now. When we fulfill those goals that they all wrote down, I think there's just more stickiness with them to stay with us. But it's more gratifying for me as a leader. They're not an employee. They don't work for me. They're following me. KP, how do you run your team meetings, man? I hope you guys wrote that down, that, that wheel of life. I mean, we do it once or twice a year at the core, and you look at it. So with you working with your team, Greg, what I heard is that it's like a two-step close. They put together the wheel, you see where it's flat, you see where they're struggling, and then you're pouring into them on a weekly basis to see if they're putting the air in that and they're rounding that tire out. And it's just it's so brilliant because they told you what their problem is. They told you what they want to fix. 
and then now you're able to pour into them. And that's that piece we're talking about a little bit later about getting involved with them personally. And when you're in personal relationships, these are people that are going to be on your team for long term. Greg, that's money. I got to add that in there. That that wheel of life. I think I do it once or twice a year with the team, and it's for sure not a weekly thing. That that that's gold. Um, daily team meeting got a couple things going on in, in a daily team meeting, and I'm going to kind of give this pandemic version of, of the daily team meeting and, and how it changed. Um, we had everyone working from home, as, as most of us do, and we started all coming back into the office. We've continued with the Zoom meeting even when we're all in the office. Put up your earbuds. Instead of uh, nine people sitting in my office here for a 15, 20-minute meeting, they're going to be 20 feet away at their desk and in their own space. And they're able to do that. So we've carried that through and it, it's working out really well. I think it's, it's a great tactic. My team meeting is 15 minutes. Um, it's been 15 minutes forever. It's probably stretched out to 25 to 30 minutes right now and people were working from home. And the reason why, in the same way you pick up the phone and call your real estate agents and they're excited to talk to you because they're sick of being home. So I want to be in that personal space with them and asking more questions. How are you doing? What's going on? We can have some more interaction and social things. I, it's just a really big thing. So I stretched that out, but typical meeting, non-COVID-19 meeting is 10 minutes of what's going on? How you doing? Tell me about the softball game. Uh, what did you do last night? Where are you going? How, how's, how's, uh, how are the kids? Hey, Chelsea just got a driver's license. How's that going? I mean, these things calling out their spouses by name, their kids by name, really getting in deep in the relationship. It's 10 minutes of that. It's five minutes of work. And five minutes of work is what leads we get yesterday around the horn and what deals we get yesterday. So my team works off of a legal metal clipboard as a lead tracker, handwritten old school on a metal legal clipboard. They come walking in, my LP1s. All those every day make it to the typed up, printed out version, but walk around the room. How many leads did you get yesterday? How many deals? How many leads? How many deals with my four LP1s? One of the things that I've added to Zoom that I'm not going to change that, this had, has made me realize how small the world is right now. Like, I think I'm one of the best loan officers in, in Michigan, one of the best loan officers in Grand Rapids. We deliver a great experience. I think we're really good. But I can take some product town an hour away. I guarantee I'm the best loan officer there. So we look at Zoom and we look at using this, this, this technology to really engage with people that usually wouldn't be here in the office. And we're really doing well with that. And, and Greg, a tactic you and I had talked about up around that. So my LP1 catches the call, starts positioning things, putting things together. In, in Dr. Nurse, we'll talk a little more about that in a minute, the Dr. Nurse piece, when that nurse gathers information and sets the appointment, when the appointment's set, my team keys everything up to the Zoom meeting. So if I have a noon Zoom meeting at 11.50, my team is, um, I'll bring them in in the meeting, they'll give me the rundown, I'll click through the capture close worksheet, I'll look at how I know them, I'll find out the referral partner, I'll work on getting my triangle trust. I bring my LP1 into that consult with me. And I'm sitting there wow. talking with the client with my LP1 right there in the meeting. So you think about my LP1s. I always want them to grow and get better. I want to invest in them professionally, and this is a great way to do it. I've done the back cases before where they sit in the Write that down. Write that down. I do that too, but write that down because that's how I learned in the business was it's caught, not taught. It's caught, not taught. You've got to be in the meetings. You've got to have someone. It, it, normally, they're sitting in my office with me like someone at a restaurant where they're learning, the someone's next to them shadowing them saying, oh, I'm in training. And then the real person's taking your order. It's the same yeah. thing. But with technology, you can use that and leverage that and record those meetings for future reference. Yeah, think about all the stuff that all of us know in our head. And think about somebody new that's on our team that's intimidated about meeting with a client. When I'm coming in meeting with them, I'm handling 90% of the, here's the thing, here's the cash reverse sheet, here's this, develop rapport, close the triangle of trust, do this, close, and then build on my LP1. Wow, Susie's going to handle from here. She's great, build her up. She's able to see me close, able to see me put it together. So that's fantastic. We record those meetings. We share it throughout the company. And the other thing we do, if you sat in on a meeting with me, meeting with the client the day before, at the morning meeting, you have to say one thing you learned sitting in that application. Like, like, like one of the things I heard was, hey, tell me something you learned in the meeting yesterday. Well, I noticed you don't ask open-ended questions. 
I couldn't verbalize that better than you said. I don't. I leave the I leave the witness. This is what it's going to be. This is a great loan option. This is what you should do. Like, wow, that's great. I heard someone else say the other day. I noticed that they were going to talk about it and then get back to you. And you said, hey, let's uh, let's talk about it right now together. I want to help you make the best decision. I make the same money on this loan, this loan, this loan. Let's three of us talk about it. So I took five more minutes and we closed instead of letting them leave and walk away. So just these little tactics that we're so good at, if we use this technology, our people are going to, are going to rise up, get better, learn more, grow and be with us for a long time because we're investing in them professionally, personally, professionally. That's pure fire, man. If I had a fire emoji, I'd say put that in the chat, but just put double thumbs up if you love that statement. Look, the, the caught, not taught, they've got to be in the meeting with you, record it, and then in the daily team meeting the next day for them to then come back and say one thing they learned, it makes them pay attention more in future meetings that they're going to have to bring something up, and so they'll anchor that stuff down. Dude, that's so solid. I'm writing that down. All right, cool. I think it's. I think we're. I think we can touch on this a little bit, guys. Break these three things down: personal, professional, financial. So this is this is a higher level class. You're closing fifteen. You're closing fifteen or more. This this is this. You guys are doing big business. You, you know a lot of stuff. You've seen a lot of documentary classes. I want to talk about retaining our team long term. And retaining a long-term term is to invest in them in personal, professional, financial. So personal, my 10-minute, now 20-minute of chitter-shatter in my morning meeting and pouring them and asking them about them. I mean, best sales book ever written when friends that influence people, right? What's everyone's favorite subject? Themselves. Talk about themselves. Talk about people in their life. Pour into them. Be genuinely interested in them. Um, that, that's a that's personal thing. That That's being friends with them. That's a fine line of a friend and a boss relationship, but, but airing on that, 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 that friend piece is big. So I am in relationship with them. The joke I make is that I think most of my team would bury the body for me. So that, that's, that, that's a big deal. Hey, I got a problem. Can you bring a shovel and, and, and come on over? Um, I think that's a big thing. So, so that, that's personal. Professional. Professional development. So I talk about my LP1s, the ones that are on my team that love the spot they're on are doing great. They're going to continue to grow professionally. They know how they can earn more money. They know how they can be in this team long term. They know where their career is going to go. They're happy where they're at, but they want to continue to earn more money. They're going to have opportunities. Other LP1s are passing through because they have a long-term goal. They want to be an outside salesperson. I have career trajectories for everyone. I know where they want to go. I'm going to help them get there. Um, the comment I've made over the years is someone says, hey, there's this operations job. I'd really like to be the operations manager. So one of my team team leads left and became the operations manager. My business partner said, would you really let Shauna leave your team to go run the operation? And, guys, I said this. I go, I don't want to stand in the way of anyone's career. I want to provide opportunities to you that they can grow and they can flourish and we can do it. So if you pour into your people and they see a clear path and you have regular conversations – and helping them do what they want to do. Greg, your piece about the wheel of life, it's similar here. Where do you want to go? Two steps close. Where do you want to go? How can I help them get there? I know what they want to do. I wrote it down. I'm engaged with them. And the last one is the financial piece. I'm going to share some pain on this. I fought this for years. All of us see the numbers. We've been doing this for a while. It, 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 we see the numbers. We see our, our personal family budget. We look through it. It's become norm to us. And I looked at this and said, hey, Rick keeps telling me, hey, you got to do this together, you got to do people. I'm, yeah, okay, I'll get around to it, I'll get around to it, I'll get around to it. And here we are five and a half years later, and I hadn't gotten around to it. And I finally decided I'm going to do it. I did it with my five managers in my branch. That went so well, I did it with my entire team. It is such a game changer right now to get into their financial stuff. And it's not because I want to dig in. It's not because I want to look the credit. I don't want to credit shame them. I can't believe he spent X amount of dollars at the bar, the restaurant. I can't believe you eat out all the time. I can't believe you're buying all those cigarettes. Like, that's not what the goal is. I want you to think right now, any of you guys, please, just give us thought right now. Think of an employee, someone that's worked for you, that has struggled financially. And think about the pain that you feel that this person has come to work for me every day. This person trades time for money to come work for me. And when you look at a particular financial situation, you say, God, 
can't believe the furnace broke and they can't come up with the money for the furnace. I can't believe the dog got sick and they got to pay 22% interest rate for a dog finance credit. Hey, Fido can die or you can pay 22% interest rate. Well, what are you going to do? You're going to pay 22 Like, and you're just not in a financial. So think about that pain when you have that conversation. Now I want to put yourself five years from now or 10 years from now and you're able to retain someone on your team for that long. And 10 years later, they're in that same bad financial decision and that same fine, bad financial spot because you were too selfish to sit down and share the stuff that you learned from the core to help them benefit their life and to put money away and save. And it, it's, it's ridiculous. I'm, so, I'm, I'm guilty, man. I only do a couple people's budgets. I don't do them all. And, like, as you're saying that, I'm like, man, I'm literally robbing them of the impact the core's had on me money-wise just to teach them that solid skill set of budgeting money and the impact it's had. That's solid, bro. Yeah. So that, that's where I'm at. Greg, why don't you talk a little about the goals being aligned? I think that, that's a huge thing that you and I talked about. I think that, that, that's, that's huge. Yeah. And it goes with your exercise previously about the character, right? So I can use that as a filter when I'm hiring people on, but knowing that if my goal is to have that great experience, if my goal is that everyone's going to have the emotional wherewithal to have these conversations and their goal is not, and they're just money-driven, they're not here to help people and impact lives and have a great experience, then it's not going to be a fun journey, and we're going to part ways at some point in time. So what you have to do is in the just starting at the interview process, you need to share your vision, your mission, and see if it's going to be in alignment with theirs. Now, to take it a step further is once we do decide they're in alignment in both Personally, professionally, and financially, we know we're in alignment together. Now I'm going to take it a step further and do that wheel of life. So at the end of the year, yes, I do it at the summit, but I come back and I do it for my team. I do it for my branch. Then I do the check-ins because how many of us, and raise your hand, have done the wheel of life in November and then haven't pulled it out till the next November? I used to. Yes. Now it's in my calendar for me to look at it monthly to pull out all 14 items two things for each of the seven areas. But with my team, we're going over it weekly with the one thing they're just working on. So I'm looking at it monthly, all of them, but weekly I'm doing it one at a time with them. And then inside conversations, I'll touch on the other stuff that they had written down as well, because if I can help them get there, again, it builds more loyalty. And I'll tell you, I've got, uh, let's see, Holly and Larry both are four or five years with me. Clinton's about seven. So you get the long-term employees. They literally just can read my mind. Like they've been with me for so long. We're so in sync. It's like, it's like synchronicity. They write my emails and they're like, I'm like, wow, it looks like I, like someone replies. I'm like, did I write that email? Cause yeah. it looks just like me. You know, like you have long-term employees, KP. How, like what's, what's like a common tenure for you? Well, my, my admin assistant, when she first started, she's fantastic, but she had, Smiling faces and some other things like, hey, I'm more of an awesome and capitalization and exclamation points, less, less on the smiling faces. So, yeah, very, very much so. So for them sitting in meetings, for us having a daily team meeting, with us, um, how I would structure a deal. Here's the thing. Rick was talking about this a little bit earlier with, with us coaches. Guys, I don't have a login to our Encompass system. I don't even know how to log in. I, I, I had to take a nap last night. And I, I can't pull credit. I haven't pulled full credit in seven years. I, I, I don't know how to log in. It's not my highest and best. My highest and best is get me to the point of sale. So every time they get to see me structure deals, put deals together, practice with me, sit in a Zoom meeting with me, watch me put deals together, it, it, it's helped itself in the grill. So my team, um, um, the people that aren't on my team anymore have gone to different positions in the company. So I can't tell you the last time that um, I think it was uh, two years ago that I had to let someone go on my team, and it was a culture, it was a culture fit, and there was some terrorism going on, and, and we, we cleared that up. We talk about that in a bit, but um, yeah, Greg, about five, five to six years is how long my, my team's been. They've been on this core journey with me as well. I mean, when I got into the core, um, it was I had two people that that had quote unquote were on my team, and to go from from two to nine is why my income has gone up so dramatically over that period of time as well. So, well, that's a good feed into the next man, protecting the culture. I'll just share a couple things for me. Protecting the culture for me is having those little things up at the desks. Um, I'll share my exercise later about the disc and love languages, but it's having those constant conversations. I have literally like 
phrases up on the wall painted in my office, like all throughout to keep everyone going. We do a Monday download for the entire office that literally the Monday after COVID, we went to Zoom. And so on a Zoom, I got, you know, 20 or so people and we're all just, hey, what did you do this weekend? I literally go around and just say, KP, what'd you do this weekend? Oh, that's awesome. What Netflix are you binging on? Cool. We go around so everyone just stays engaged with everyone, but that's every Monday at a branch level. Now we also do a celebration point. So it used to say we celebrate at 50. Now it's we celebrate at 100 as a branch because we've grown volumes up. So it's like move the celebration point. And they're literally stacking up celebration points because we've been quarantined for two months. I'm like, wow, we're just going to have a big bender or just have like a week after week after week party when everyone gets released. Um, so we have a weekly cele- a monthly celebration point. We do a monthly potluck that we basically assign groups or pods. So it's not like a strenuous deal. So a team might get assigned two or three a year where they have a theme like it's football tailgate potluck. And so this team of four or five bring in all the potluck for the entire branch. So that's how we help to protect the culture and keep it fun. Cause you know, Rickle joke, a mortgage is getting like a seven yourself in the eye with a fork. So why not make it fun with games? And I've got, KP, you've been to my office. I've got razor scooters. I've got exercise balls. I have a tilty little thing so you can invert yourself to switch that spine. Flexion, what is it, Techno Tuesday? What, what, what are they? Techno Tuesday, Michael Jackson Friday. We, we got themed music just to keep it, you know, lively. And, and then um, I told everyone they can all switch it up, make it a whiteboard so they can make up their own music. So, like, they can have Eminem Day. I don't care. But it's that kind of fun, lively stuff. Now, KP, I know you do a cool thing with your potluck. You actually do, like, um, a, a person of the month, right? Yeah. So uh, what happens is everyone in my management team fought me on this and said, do it. It's rare that I just yell, do it, but I said, do it. Make it happen. And uh, everyone has to go around the potluck and vote for one person who is their vote for employee of the month. So you got 60 people. They're like, it's going to take too long. You know, they get five seconds. they got to write it down. Ten seconds. they got to write it down before it starts. They can't say, oh, that was great. I want to vote for Greg, too. They have to write down their name. So when they go around the room, we will literally get 30 different shout-outs of, wow, Susie was great. She did this for me. She did that for me. Whoever gets the most. It's $200 cash, $100 out of my wallet, $100 out of my business partner Brennan's wallet. We get a cash, we write a note. You should be so honored that, that your coworkers nominated you. Thanks for being such a team player. Love KP. Brennan does the same thing. We, we each write a, a separate personal note for them on the card. Just a little simple thing, but it, it's not the money. It's not the thing, but it's everyone gets their bucket filled. Awesome. Dude, that is ridiculous. Will the job or different version of that, but the leash on the tree. We just, it's just, it's finding something that works for you and execute. I mean, it, it's, it's, it's shoot ready aim. You know, you can line up the perfect thing. I'm going to do some version of that. It gets better, it gets better, it's better, but, but you got to do it. I, I agree. And some sort of monthly thing where you're acknowledging public shout outs. I think people love to hear that stuff, that word of affirmation kind of people. But let's talk about your, your big trip, man. Let's talk, tell me, tell yeah. us about your big celebration. So I got a banker buddy of mine, and we were driving up to Fish Camp, you know, six, seven years ago, and, and I said, my favorite place in the world to go is Atlantis and the Bahamas. It's got all the things I love to do. I love to gamble. I love to drink frozen drinks. I love to sit and read a book. My favorite spot in the world to go. We're driving up north, and he's kind of the stuffy banker guy, and I'm the mortgage guy, and, and um, I go, I'm going to bring my team. He goes, what do you mean? I go, I'm going to bring my team. He goes, isn't that sacred to you? Isn't that just a spot that just you want to go? You would really bring your people? I go, yeah. That, I've been to lots of places. I, I, I live a charmed life. I've been really lucky. Why wouldn't I want to take the people that come work so hard for me every single day to come in my favorite place to want to go? I did it three years ago. We crushed it. I did it the year after that. Crushed it. Last year, we didn't hit our goal. And we didn't go. And um, it was a leadership thing for me, for sure. So we can't go on the trip. We didn't hit our numbers. It didn't happen. I reflected on that over the next uh, over the next month or two. I felt horrible that I didn't do my job. My job is I'm the rainmaker. I bring business in. I didn't bring enough business in. It was on me, and I felt horrible. I gave them all cash and said, you should go on a trip on your own. I'm sorry I didn't do my part. And then we set a very clear stretch goal for us to go. And a goal is a dream without a deadline. That is a big metal four by 
by board in my office where my LPs are. Every single month, we check it off like a cherry thing with where we're at for loans. So we have a clear vision of where we're going to go. Our conversations right now close as many loans as we are. You better have your beach body ready because we are going on this trip. We are we are on there. So that's kind of a long-term goal. I think that, that Rick is right to love on your people, to pour on your people, extra gifting, extra lunches, some, some, spend some of that, that budget. If you're over your budget, spend some money with the team. I did something just a little walking around money. Every single refinance, we were a little bit slower and I was worried about being shut down. Like, guys, we gotta fill this pipeline of refinance business. Historically, it's 80% purchase. We gotta fill the pipeline of refinance business. So I took cash out of my pocket and put it in the jar and every full-time employee got to split that and ended up being almost $1,000 cash each because we crushed it. But that was a good short-term. I think it's good to have short-term goals, short-term celebration, but also have some stretch. It does sound like those short-term goals are all in alignment with that big stretch. Absolutely. What about you, Greg? What, what, what are your stretch goals you do with your team and what do you guys focus on? Well, I'll tell you, I'm going to write that down because what I literally do is say, hey, if we hit this number, we're going to do a staycation. But I guarantee they'd work a little hard if I said we're taking a vacation. So the the most extreme one I've done is a staycation, bottom a massage. We did a team appreciation dinner. I actually did turn it into the goal setting night as well. Um, but, yeah, I've been, I definitely dropped the ball on that. So I'm going to take that. A goal is a dream with a deadline. That's solid, man. Thank you. Hey, when I when I visit your office, I've seen you execute this better than anyone. Talk about how you use DISC and love language. Here, here's an example of something that I've seen. It. It's probably like me and my finances. Like I've seen it at Greg's office. It's awesome. He does it as well as anyone, and I still haven't fully executed. I think I've got about ten of them around the office. But walk through the DISC and the love language and how you use that with your team around the office. Yeah, man. So it's actually part of my onboarding process that they need to, they do the disc test for the interview anyways. Um, but I've added in when they onboard, we finalize the disc, we go over it all. We put it actually into a spreadsheet and then we do the love language. So if you Google love language test, it pops right up. It's a book that we talk about here with the core, the five love languages. And I'll show you a quick slide here. This is actually my admin Talia's. And so these are just like KP's character uh, thing there. It's at everyone's desk here. And when we went virtual, I opened up the spreadsheet so I have everybody. So I just know their communication style. Now, over the years, like I said, I, I have people that have been with me a long time. I know their style. But the newer people, I have to get revisited. So as I walk up to the cube when they're here or to their desk, I see this and it's just blatantly obvious. Like I know she's words of affirmation. So I better come in there and be like, great job today. Super excited. Hey, thanks for coming in early. Wow. Thanks for knocking that stuff out of the park. I need to use that kind of stuff. Also quality time. I know that I need to kind of hang out and, and linger a little bit more in those conversations and go a little deeper with her in specific. So when we first launched this, and this is what you could do, you send out the links to do the disc. Now, there's Manesh with the core who's affiliated with us. He does it for free for everybody, so just go through him. And then the five love language test will take them probably less than five minutes to do. And then your LP1 admin will then put that all into a nice little spreadsheet. If you email the concierges, they have this template they can share with you guys. And then you make it a activity for your team. And when you start sharing stuff and you're like, oh, yeah, Talia, she's words of affirmation. They're like, oh, yeah, no joke, because she lights up when you do that. Whereas if you were to do something else like, you know, the hugs, the high five, she's not that person. Um, so the you the theory is you have the five love languages. The top two are the ones that really fill the love tank, fill that tank up. And so I want to know specifically what it is. Where I learned this from, KP, was my mentor. He was the bullet point guy, and our processor at the time was a storyteller. And every time she would come in, she would be telling the story about what was going on with the file. And I would literally see his eyes roll. I'd see him getting a little reddish, and I'd be like, hey, Stacy, Stacy, bullets, bullets. And then and then, he, he, then he'd laugh, she'd laugh, and then she'd go, this, this, this. And then he was happy, and she was happy. So every time she came in and started talking, I'd go, bullets. And then she'd go, boom, 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 boom. And he'd be happy and we'd get all done. Like, if you talk their language, it just makes for a better interaction. You know, you think about this. You spent the money for your employees to do this. You did the work. Do you think, do you think it's better 
if it's laminated on someone's desk or key or office, or do you think it's better to make computer file tucked away that, hey, I'm not relating really well with Joe, so I'm going to go find that form and look it up and study it, or how about we just put it everywhere? So here's what I'm going to do. This is going to be one of my ten things that I'm going to do for sure. If I don't, any of you that come visit me and you come in and see my office, if I don't have these up at everyone's desk, I'll pay you a crispy $100 bill. That's my fine. This will be done. Wow, that's putting it on the line. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Cool. Well, and I'll tell you, um, just having those little cheaters, right? And you mentioned, you know, that there's so much stuff with the core that, that like, I'm like, man, I just can't implement that. I haven't had time. It's going to happen. There's so much content that we've even gotten virtually that it just takes time to implement this stuff. And like Rick said, three things at a time, bite an elephant, one bite at a time, or eat the whole thing, one bite at a time. Um, you know, one thing I will tell you, and maybe we can just share a couple of things that we've done virtually, right? So for finishing on the culture and the team is I send a thing. It's called Snack Nation. Snack boxes just got delivered to everyone in my office's houses. They're like 20 bucks. It took them about eight or nine days to get there. We ordered them up. They went there. Um, you know, I've been buying them lunches virtually, been doing virtual happy hours. Like, what's two things, KP, you've been doing virtually to keep the culture going since they're not, like, right there with you? Um, we've been doing virtual happy hours, get together, do a virtual happy hour, doing some extra gifting. Um, we did a really fun thing. It's called a porch trip. Porch trip. Like, porch, porch trip. And we had our, we had our uh, marketing girl go out and we did a picture of everyone that wanted to do it on their front porch at their house. And guys, they absolutely crushed it. It was great. We're using it a bunch for social media. It went so well. I'm rolling it out to all my real estate agents as well right now that we're going out and doing a portrait. Capture this, um, on your porch for your family, what you're doing during this time. It's really tough. It's really bad. There's lots of terrible things. But let's look at the pluses. Look at the family time we spent. Let's look how life slowed down a bit. Let's capture this time capsule here. So that's been one of them that really good. Dude, that one's money. I, I wrote that down. And I saw your picture on Facebook. That was great. Um, all right, let's, let's. The last one that we really need a topic, and I think it's super important. That's why we saved it for last. Is when we deal with our people, there's gonna be those fierce conversations, and I think in the beginning I avoided them until I figured out that. Your relationship goes a lot deeper when you have them. People respect you more when you have them. And if your relationship doesn't go deeper and the the person, you know, maybe gets mad or ignores you, then that might not have been a really good relationship to begin with. Um, I've, I've learned to embrace and actually ask for the bigger problems, ask for those fierce conversations, not only in the business, but from my employees. I want to have those conversations, but Kevin, I know you're really good at this because I witnessed it at your office. Can you share uh, a couple yeah, of experiences? I'll share it quickly. I'm going to jump to some questions. It quickly is this. You will never get fired. It will never be a surprise if you let go in our company. We have regular meetings like, wow, doesn't sound like they're working out really well. Have we had the corrective conversation? It's a culture thing. If someone's afraid they're going to get fired, it's going to ruin your whole culture. You have to have these fierce conversations. You interviewed great. You were awesome. We want you to be great things here, but you're not doing it. Clean it up or ship out. Cool. Kat, you got some questions for us? We sure do. Um, so Molly, Tara, and Claudia have some questions about metrics. So how many applications per day? How many deals per direct submit? Sure. So, so my, my number is, my number is that I want 37 leads every single month. I know that, excuse me, 37 leads every single week. I have a 31% lead to close ratio. Um, my, my team, my LP1s can handle about 40 leads a week. So that's four people times 10 is 40. That's metrics. My LP2 direct submits can handle 25. I'm in a bad spot. We're overstaffed. You're getting 70 out the door, and we have two. So that's my metrics, Greg. Yeah, mine's 25 a week. So again, we visit it every week. Uh, it's put on my greatness tracker, so they give me the numbers on Friday. So we review what is the week's numbers at, and then we say, and, and literally, like Kevin said, a, a, the sign of a good leader is when they take ownership and say, "Man, I'm letting you down because I'm not bringing in the leads 
Let me come in on Saturday, stay late today. I'm going to work extra on Monday. Uh, let's put an extra class together, whatever it takes to drive up the leads because I'm failing. But you got to step on the scale and you got to know the number. Great question. All right. And from Katie and Sandy, they want to know, do you do your junior LOs join your t- daily team meeting? So I don't have any juniors on my team. I have LP1s. So for me, I have my four LP1s are in my meeting every day. My marketing girl, my executive assistant, my team captain. My LP2 direct submits are not in my daily team meeting. We do a Tuesday full pipeline. The daily team meeting is more of a sales meeting with that with that group. So so that's me. Um, eventually, my LP1s, if they go into sales, they'll have an outside sales opportunity to move on, but I don't have any juniors on my team. I meet with 80% of my clients face-to-face. Greg? Yeah, same here, but to answer that question, uh, Rick will tell you, yes, they're in your team meetings because they're utilizing your team because they're a junior on your team. And um, do you how much, do you charge them any bits for that, for using your team? So I don't have that model, so I would not be a good answer one day. So do you, Greg, do you use junior LOs or the MLA program? Neither. Got it. Okay. Um, There's questions about the process from um, approved to closing the incoming leads. How do you organize it from there? I'll I'll grab that. So in incoming lead, I, I built my business. I love an inbound lead and I work hard to get an inbound lead. So the concept is this. If I'm calling outbound and I'm dialing out to a client, they're at the grocery store, they can't talk finances, they're at work, they can't do this, can't do that. When they call me, they are always available. So I drive all my stuff to an inbound call whenever possible. That does not mean if a real estate agent says, hey, Kevin, Joe Smith wants to buy a house, we are absolutely calling Joe and we're on it, but I prefer an inbound lead. That LP1 owns that lead all the way until contract. When I say the LP1 owns it, the LP1 owns it with me. Hey, let's, let's get a pre-call together. Let's set up a Zoom meeting. Great. I don't even know who, guys, doctor, nurse, think about this. Do you think the doctor's at home studying for your exam at 10 o'clock in the morning tomorrow? The answer is no. The doctor is opening the file as he's walking in the room, if he's even doing that, and he looks at it as he walks in the door. Very much the same for me. I have a pre-call meeting. My LP1 caught it, built rapport, reached out to the referral partner, thank you, put it in our CRM system, got things going, built me up, used my name three times, set an appointment. I don't even know who they are until I walk into that meeting. Great. I'm just going to watch that piece right there, that recording, again and again and again and again, because that is the ultimate setup right there. Great. And here, here's the thing. Like, this world got really small. I look at me like, ah, I'm getting a little long in a tooth. How much time do I have left? I got so much time left in this because if I did four Zoom meetings an hour every 15 minutes, I did two hours a day, that would give me – uh, four times 10, 40. I can do 40 apps. When I'm there, I close 90% of the time. I can literally close 30 deals. If my team, if the nurses got it all put together and the doctor came in, looked at them, closed the file, handed back the next one. Again, I'm sitting in the waiting room to go back to back to back to back. I tell you, that's so money. And it's just remembering the theory of doctor, nurse, or if you owned a restaurant, right? If I own a restaurant, I'm not the chef, the sous chef, the dishwasher, the reservationist, the person that walked you to the table, the person that gave you water, nor the person that ordered your food. You've got to have, it takes a village, right? And having that mentality of someone is answering to set the appointment, you might even pick up the phone, but then you're moving it to somebody else. There's no double dipping. There's no double duties. I don't take a nap, then someone inputs it. And it's you, everyone has segmented stuff. It is the conveyor belt that is McDonald's. Same exact notion. I want to share these right here. These are my headsets. I do all my stuff in headsets. They don't get a kink in my neck. So I'm dialing calls. I split the headset. You would have thought I was, like, going to the moon to figure this out. We figured it out. So literally, my admin will come in on Tuesday updates and sit there on Tuesday updates and sit across with with their headpiece turned up. She can hear both sides of the conversation. When I get done delivering information on Tuesday update, have a great conversation, she emails them exactly and says, Greg, it was great talking to you today. So excited to close on Main Street. Love working with you. We should do more business together. Signs my name from my email account. I didn't sign that. I dialed the next person. You should do the next one and the next one and the next one. I'm like, hey, send them a marketing package. Follow them. We got to add them to my, my whale list. Um, the, guys, this is money. It's kind of like... Zoom before Zoom. It's like, hey, you can listen and no one knows you're there type of thing. So this is gold, guys. 
So I learned that two years ago when, when I was uh, getting coached by KP, implemented that one when I came back. It's a game changer. So your, L, your LP admin is just literally listening into the conversation you just had on Tuesday update. You're moving on to the next call. Well, they're then taking care of it. Addressing the envelope. KP puts a little sticky, excited to work with you. Goes on the little card, goes in the envelope. It's gone. They type the little email with the notes. It's the ultimate form of delegation and leverage. VIP list, favorite people list, the same thing. Let it eavesdrop in the conversation. Add notes. We just got a puppy. Make sure we send a gift. Puppy, do this. Here's the kids' names. Here's this. Guys, I can't hang up. What do I need to do? I need to be talking to people. I need to be at the point of sale. Get me to the point of sale. That's my big thing. Get me to the point of sale. So to have the people just do all the work so all I'm doing is selling all day long. Do thumbs up if you want to have an eavesdropper on all your calls that then takes care of the admin work and you're in dollar productive land. And here's the thing about that ad, that thing, too. She will also send text messages. So we've done an email. We've sent a card. We talked to him on the phone. And we sent a text. Dude, it was awesome to talk to you. So Tuesday update. Here's the Tuesday update. That's my first Tuesday update. Hey, Greg. Awesome. So excited to work with you. Here's Main Street. Here's this. Here's that. It's going to be awesome. It's going to be great. My admin sends a text from our team line. and says, hey, Greg. Great talking to you. Make sure you save my number in your phone so you can get my update every single Tuesday. Yes, that's one reason, but here's the other reason. When some deal blows up six months from now, some guy that wears shorts and flip-flops to work that only sells six houses a year, when some deal blows up, do you think he's really going to remember who I was? Well, guess what? He will if I mailed him, if I emailed him, I text him, he saved my number in his phone. Dude, that anchors it in. I love that. Kevin, what's got? All right. From Dennis Tate, he wants to know, KP, how long are your meetings? And he wants you guys to um, talk about what your approach is with your team and budgets. My pre-call meeting is about 15 minutes now in Zoom. I'm going to talk about the Zoom world right now. And my, my application is literally 15 minutes. I sell only one thing. It's my cash-to-close worksheet. So my LP1 has a cash-to-close worksheet put in on Outlook. It says here's the cash-to-close worksheet. Here's the tax prorations. Here's a rate sheet where we're going to suggest the rate is. So if someone says, hey, what if I buy a point? I can look at the rate sheets. Hey, buying a point is going to move up or down. So literally, I'm selling one of the most important things. What's my monthly payment? What's my cash to close? I share it in Zoom. I walk through, boom, boom, boom. The last thing is, hey, let's move forward a spot. Build up my LP1. Hand it back to them. Build them up. What else do we need LP1 for us? Okay, great. She's way smarter than me. She's super good. She's technologically advanced. She's great. She's the best. You can talk to me anytime, but it's easier to get a hold of Susie than it is to get a hold of me. Cool, awesome, thanks. Click on to the next one. Next one, next one, next one. Dude, what I heard, though, is the nurse has prepped the package, those docs that are in the little folder for the doctor to pull out and get ready. It's just in. Now, whether you guys do, it's Google Drive, it's a Google Sheet, it's a workbook. It doesn't matter. It just needs to be somewhere where you can grab it, and I don't need to go and reprice something out. It's all right there. I love it, KP. All right, we just got about four minutes left, so let's do some rapid fire here. Bob Malone wants to know what are your two to three top mind shifts for going from a small team to a big team? Um, get me to the point of sale. Do things that I love. Um, I'm going to be in business as long as I want if I'm just selling people. If I'm shuffling paper to move paper ground, I don't enjoy that. My mindset, bring people in that really love to do what they do so I can love to do what I do and do more. Greg? It's replication and scale. You, your next LP2 does exactly what that LP did. Your next LP1 does exactly what that LP1. It can't be this one sends a different type of email than this one. There's a different follow-up checklist for that person. It's an identical hire. If I need two fry people, they're doing the exact same thing. I don't split the fry duties. I got I to gotta say one thing leaving this. I want you to think about your business right now. If one person left your team, what does your business look like? And now I want you to think right now, look at your income. Can you really afford to have another person? The answer is yes, get another person. It's going to happen. You have to have lots of spokes in the wheel. All right, let's see. What else we got? Um, Bruce Woodburn wants to know, share with us how, KP, you can anchor the client and never open your LOS. Um, so all I need to have is cash to close worksheet. Here's the terms and conditions. My newer LP1s, I need to spend a little bit of time with them. My seasoned LP1s, I can just show up and walk in. If it's someone that's newer, I want to review it or my team captain review with them beforehand. But I got confidence that it's done, it's taken care of. I only need to see a couple pieces of paper, and I'm going to sell the condition. 
No different than taking my calculator and a cocktail napkin. Okay, guys, we got about two minutes. I'm going to go ahead and launch the poll here. High fives, everybody. And, guys, if we didn't get your uh, questions answered, uh, we will email you the answers. And, KP, I can tell you they're already asking for your close worksheet. My, my what worksheet? Close worksheet. What does that mean? That cash-to-close worksheet because your oh. concierge have it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so it's, it's, the, it's the old GFP, guys. It's in Encompass, whatever else. It's the, it's the, it's the, it says this is not a contract. This is not this. Is, so how do I phrase it? Go, guys, this one sheet is going to tell us everything. And as soon as he's going to send you all the docs to sign, there's all the legal mumble-jumble. There's the LE and the CD and the whatever. Make sure you didn't make a fake package. There's all this stuff. But let's just cover this one sheet, and then you'll get all the legal stuff in the email. Key to that, highlight what you want them to look at. What do I highlight? I highlight the payment. I highlight the cash to close. Those are the two things. Circle it. Virtual circle. <laughs> box one, box two, box three, box four. Hey, we're going to box one. This is your payment. We're going to box four. Here's your cash to close. We're going to box two, three. In and out. Boom, boom, boom. Dude, yeah. I just want to acknowledge K. Dude, I just want to acknowledge KP. That was pure fire. The only thing better would have been us live. Based, I, I would have high fived you right there on stage, my man. But great job, brother. Killed it. Thanks, you too, Greg. Love, love teaching you. Thanks for your friendship. Guys, I miss seeing all you guys. I can't wait till the next summit. Um, it, it, it's sad not seeing everyone. It's good seeing them virtually. But um, but thanks, guys. Core's done so much for me. I hope you guys got some takeaways from here. And uh, keep rocking it. Thanks, guys. Later. You've been listening to the Core's Sales Training Boot Camp. For registration information about our two-day business building summits, call 1-800-660-6670 or find us on the web at www.lacortraining.com.